trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall shout forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be the Vanity on page 5. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. hands prepare the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and fall down, 
Say the Psalms in unison. Lord, remember David and all his trouble, how he swore unto the Lord and vowed a vow unto the Almighty God of Jacob. I will not come within the tabernacle of mine house, nor climb up into my bed. I will not suffer mine eyes to sleep, nor mine eyelids to slumber, neither the temples of my head to take any rest, until I find out a place for the temple of the Lord, and habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Lo, we heard of the same at Ephrathah, and found it in the wood. We will go into his tabernacle, and fall low on our knees before his footstool, Arise, O Lord, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priests be clothed with righteousness, and let thy saints sing with joyfulness. For thy servant David's sake, turn not away the presence of thine anointed. The Lord hath made a faithful oath unto David, and he shall not shrink from it. Of the fruit of thy body, shall I set upon thy seat. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimonies that I shall learn them, their children also shall sit upon thy seat forevermore. For the Lord hath chosen Sion to be an habitation for himself. He hath longed for her. This shall be my rest forever. Here will I dwell, for I have a delight therein. I will bless her vittles with increase, and will satisfy her poor with bread. 
I will deck her priests with health, and her saints shall rejoice and sing. Then shall I make the horn of David to flourish. I have ordained a lantern for mine anointed. As for his enemies, I shall clothe them with shame, but upon himself shall his crown flourish. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here we have the fifth chapter of the second book of the Kings. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, and honorable, because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in battle, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies, and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed, and took with him ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now, when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God, to kill and to make alive, that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against you. And it was so, when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come to me now, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So David came with his horses and with his chariots, and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But David was wrong, and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the places and recover the leper. Anath, Abana, and Farpar, rivers of Damascus, better than the waters of Israel. May I not wash and then be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came here and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? How much rather than when he said to thee, Wash and be clean? Then went he down, and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his company, and came and stood before him, and he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, 
to God Magnus the son of the prophets. Give them I to pray a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, Be content, take two talents. And he urged him and brought two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of garments, and laid them upon two of his servants, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hands and bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went to go with him. And he said unto him, Went not my heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee? Is it a time to receive money, and to receive garments, and olive yards, and vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, and men servants, and maid servants? The leprosy therefore of Nathan shall cleave unto thee, and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence, a leper, as white as snow. Please join me in the Tedem on page six. We praise thee, O God. We acknowledge thee to be the Lord. All the earth doth worship thee, the Father everlasting. To thee, all angels cry aloud. The heavens and all the powers therein, to the cherubim and seraphim, continually to cry. Holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, heaven and earth are full of the majesty of thy glory. The glorious company of the apostles praise thee. The goodly fellowship of the prophets praise thee. The noble army of martyrs praise thee. The holy church throughout all the world doth acknowledge thee. The Father of an infinite majesty, thine honorable, true, and only Son, also the Holy Ghost, thy Comforter. Thou art the King of glory, O Christ. Thou art the everlasting Son of the Father, when thou turkest upon thee to deliver man, thou didst not uphold the virgin's womb, when thou hast overcome the sharpness of death, thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Thou at the right hand of God in the glory of the Father. We believe that thou shalt come to be our judge. We that 
Service is perfect freedom. 
Defend us, thy humble servants, and all the salts of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the poverty adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings may be ordered by thy governance to do always what is righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. The order for Holy Communion is found beginning on page 242 of the Book of Common Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Almighty God, under whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. God spake these words and said, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt have none other gods but me. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not make to thyself any graven image, for the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, or in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them, nor worship them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, and visit the sins of the fathers upon the children under the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all that thou hast to do. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt do no manner of work. Thou and thy son and thy daughter, thy manservant and thy maidservant, thy cattle and the stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt do no murder. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not steal. Lord, have mercy upon us, and incline our hearts to keep this law. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Lord, have mercy upon us, and 
Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his servant, nor his maid, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is his. Lord, have mercy upon us, and write all these thy laws in our hearts through Jesus. Let us pray. O Lord, our governor, whose glory is in all the world, we commend this nation to thy merciful care that being guided by thy providence, we may dwell secure in thy peace. Grant to the President of the United States and to all in authority, both wisdom and strength, to know and to do thy will. Fill them with the love of truth and righteousness, and make them ever mindful of their calling to serve this people in thy fear. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Called Epistle and Gospel, appointed for the 11th Sunday after Trinity, is found beginning on page 180 of the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray. O God, who declarest thy almighty power, most chiefly in showing mercy and pity, mercifully grant unto us such a measure of thy grace, that we, running the way of thy commandments, may obtain thy gracious promises, and be made partakers of thy heavenly treasure. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Them not need to 
The Holy Gospel is written in the 18th chapter of St. Luke, beginning at the 9th verse. Jesus spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Please join me in the Nicene Creed on page 246. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets, and I believe one Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Please join me in the metrical Psalm 133 found in your bulletin insert. Together in 
worship of unity. Tis like the precious ointment that was poured on Aaron's head, which from his beard down to the skirts of his rich garments spread. And as the lower ground doth drink the dew of Hermanil, and Zion with his silver drops the fields with fruit of You may be seated. that Friday is a day of fasting or material abstinence as appointed by the Book of Common Prayer for the relief of the poor, the strengthening of our resolve against sin, and for a remembrance of our Lord's passion and death. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. St. Luke chapter 18, verse 13. We are told that the target for today's parable are those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. The Pharisees, famously throughout history for their painstaking adherence to Jewish tradition are the group most often under fire in the average parable from Jesus, as they are in today's. But this focus should not lead us to falsely believe that the Pharisees were uniquely evil or even the worst religious group in first century Judea. I mean, for example, the Sadducees were undeniably worse as they denied the possibility of resurrection and the authority of the prophets. And what about the zealots whose terrible hubris caused them to lead countless thousands to slaughter by instigating a mad war against the Roman Empire? A war, as we saw last week, which brought the judgment of God against the rebellious and the damned. It is, in fact, the Pharisees' closeness to the truth which makes them so often the call to repentance laid before them at the end of Christ's parable. After all, the Pharisees were right when they said 
God desires us to be obedient. And they were even right to believe that the world will be saved by obedience. But what the Pharisees had failed to acknowledge was the radical brokenness which tainted all their attempts to be the good people whose obedience would save the world. As St. Paul, the former Pharisee, writes, But whatever gain I had as a Pharisee, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Knowing Christ. Knowing Christ. Knowing Christ changed St. Paul from a Pharisee of Pharisees into the penitent, humbled man who walks away justified. And in today's parable, our merciful Lord wants all men to see that the outward signs of religious or cultural holiness are nothing, nothing at all, if we too are not united to the Holy One of Israel. To know him, and he knows us. To help us fully picture the scene our Lord is describing, we should imagine the temple itself and the cycle of prayer within where the Pharisee and the tax collector would be presenting themselves, the tax collector and the public. At 9 a.m. and 3 p.m., the people would gather in the temple for the tamid, or whole sacrificial offering service, praying together and waiting for the priest's blessing upon them. We still see this pattern of morning and evening prayer in Anglican churches, where we offer that daily sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Services which feature both a confession and a priestly administered absolution of our trespasses, forever linked to Christ's sacrifice for our sins once offered. The setting then for this parable is very, very important because it magnifies the enormity of the Pharisees' mad self-righteousness while also revealing the true nature of the penitent tax collector's request. As Jesus does, we start with the Pharisee, who is in the wrong today, not because he takes his religion seriously. No, it's because of why he takes his religion seriously. We should be reminded of the older brother in the parable of the prodigal son, right? It isn't bad that he serves his father. It's bad because he serves not out of love, but out of feeling to be owed. This Pharisee serves as the great example of the man or woman who imagines themselves to be righteous, but whose self-image is at odds with God's judgment. It doesn't matter how we see ourselves 
It only matters how God sees us in his judgment. The tragic state of the Pharisee was accentuated by the addition of man-made ordinances tacked on to God's law, thereby creating an artificial system by which one could evaluate himself against others. A system built on imagination and so meaningless. We, of course, do this all the time. Simply asking someone if they are a good person will elicit all sorts of talk of accomplishments sort of mixed in with indictments of other types of people. And this framing is really far worse than anything today's Pharisee would claim. People will say, yes, I'm a good person because I vote the right way. Thinking in their minds, thank you God for not making me like that person who votes differently than I do. Or they will say, yes, I'm a good person because I never killed anybody or robbed a bank. Or yes, I'm a good person because I pay my taxes and don't bother anyone and on and on and on and on. That's right. Just like the Pharisees boast, many of these accomplishments are virtuous and admirable. But none of them, none of them, closes the massive chasm which exists between our unholiness and the holiness of God. None of them reverses the fall. And so none of them make us righteous in the eyes of God. Could you imagine that conversation with God? Like the whole history of human horribleness. But, you know, I, 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 I am a kind of a nice person, though. Doesn't that cancel all that out? How, how could that work? Given this reality, the only reasonable thing for a Christian to say when asked if he is good is something like this. I am not a good person. And it is only by the blood of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in my remade heart that I can do anything good or righteous or true. A statement such as this one would merely be a paraphrase of our colic for the ninth Sunday after Trinity, where we read, Grant to us, Lord, the spirit to think and do always such things as are right, that we, who cannot do anything that is good without thee, may by thee be enabled to live according to thy will. But we tend not to want to recognize this reality because it would require the kind of public honesty and humility displayed by someone like today's traitorous publican, the traitorous tax collector. Jesus loves to make his audience uncomfortable by revealing true, divinely gifted righteousness in people who would normally repulse us. 
it's a way of showing that the righteousness does not flow within them naturally and out of them, but has to be gifted to them, placed in them. To get a sense of what the original hearers felt, we would need to replace the tax collector with something like a Nazi collaborator or some other vicious kind of traitorous quizzling, right? For the role of men like the one described today was to find and collect the treasures of his own countrymen and give them to the occupying Romans, while also taking a healthy percentage off the top for himself. The tax collector of the parable knows he stands guilty in the eyes of God and cannot even bring himself to move from the outer court of the Gentiles into the space reserved for God's chosen people. He recognizes his utter estrangement from God, and he knows he must be carried back into a saving relation with him. Here, we really should feel the full weight of his pain cry. Translated, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord have mercy. Interestingly, the Greek verb used here is the same as that used in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, where we read, Therefore Jesus had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Propitiation. Mercy is certainly an aspect of propitiation. But what the tax collector needs, much more than the kind of cheap mercy the unjust bestow at will, what he needs is to be relieved of the just wrath of God. That's what propitiation means. He needs an atonement he can never possibly provide. A sacrifice for sin, no amount of pharisaical good deeds can ever replace or equal. He is saying, God, make atonement for me because I, a sinner, cannot do it myself. He is calling out from the parable to the God-man who is telling us this story. He is calling out to Jesus, the high priest who will sacrifice himself for the repentant traitors and defeated rebels, even now being prepared to populate the new heaven and new earth. With this reality made known to him, St. Paul can renounce not just his vices, St. Paul can renounce his actual virtuous life because it is nothing, or as he puts it, it is dung in comparison to the loving, obedient sacrifice God the Son made on the cross. Dung, poop, garbage, refuse. We should remember that word the next time we go to a funeral and the derelict malpracticing preacher regales us with tales of how great the deceased was. 
He wasn't that great. But Christ is. Christ is. And so we have hope. Every other hope is a lie. And so, St. Paul desires that we have the faith of the repentant tax collector who knows down to the bottom of his heart that his only hope is the atonement Christ made on the cross. As he writes, I have given up everything that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Philippians 3, verses 10 through 11. The false holiness the Pharisee uses as a weapon against God and his neighbor is made meaningless when God reveals true holiness in the sacrifice of his son. Resurrection, the new heaven and new earth, the very kingdom of God, these are not for those who try and justify themselves with money or power or fame or respectability or religiosity. These are those who have followed Christ in his war against sin, the flesh, and the devil, even to the death, always to the death. But how? How can we possibly keep fighting in our weakness and our fear? Keep fighting as more and more pieces fall off of us and the losses pile all around us. We can keep going because of what St. Paul says next. He writes, I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Christ Jesus has made me his own. It is once again the one who tells today's parable who makes all things new and possible. It is Christ who transforms the cries of the truly penitent man into the first words of one truly free a new creation, a new creation finally able to raise his eyes to heaven as he carries his own cross to the next battle, the next sacrifice, the next chance to show thanksgiving for the one whose property is always to have mercy. It is only in the service of Christ that our works can rise from insane boastings or manipulative power grabs transformed through him into the meaningful sacrifice of ourselves, the sweet smell which fills the heavens and brings pleasure to the divine. It is only in Christ that we can live in a fallen world which would make us all tax collectors and harlots. As we see, 
We are not worthy of the grace which makes us free and alive. But let us spend every day living as one of Christ's own, as one who in return for hate and rebellion has been shown unlimited mercy and love. Infinite mercy and love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, even so do unto them, for this is the law and the prophets. Please join me in hymn 97. Oh, 
We continue on page 250 of the Book of Common Prayer. Let us pray for the whole state of Christ Church militant here on earth. Almighty and ever-living God, who by thy holy apostle has taught us to make prayers and supplications and to give thanks for all men, we humbly beseech thee most mercifully to accept our alms and oblations and to receive these our prayers which we offer unto thy divine majesty, beseeching thee to inspire continually the universal church with the spirit of truth, unity, and concord and grant that all those who do confess thy holy name may agree in the truth of thy holy word and live in unity and godly love. We beseech thee also so to direct and dispose the hearts of all Christian rulers, that they may truly and impartially administer justice to the punishment of wickedness and vice and to the maintenance of thy true religion and virtue. Give grace, O Heavenly Father, to all bishops and pastors, especially Peter, our bishop ordinary, that they may both by their life and doctrine set forth thy true and lively word, and rightly and duly administer thy holy sacraments. And to all thy people give thy heavenly grace, and especially to this congregation here present, that with me caught and due reverence they may hear and receive thy holy word, truly serving thee in holiness and righteousness all the days of their life. And we most humbly beseech thee of thy goodness, O Lord, to comfort and succor all those who in this transitory life are in trouble, sorrow, need, sickness, or any other adversity, especially those for whom our prayers are desired. And we also bless thy holy name, for all thy servants departed this life in thy faith and fear, beseeching thee to give us grace so to follow their good examples, that with them we may be partakers of thy heavenly kingdom. Grant this, O Father, for Jesus Christ's sake, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. The exhortation is found on page 255. Dearly beloved in the Lord, be that mind to come to the holy communion of the body and blood of our Savior Christ, must consider how St. Paul exhorteth all persons diligently to prove and examine themselves before they presume to eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For as the benefit is great, if with a true penitent heart and lively faith we receive that holy sacrament, for then we spiritually eat the flesh of Christ and drink his blood, that we dwell in Christ and Christ in us. We are one with Christ and Christ with us. So is the danger great if we receive the same unworthily. For then we are guilty of the body and blood of Christ our Savior. We eat and drink our own condemnation, not considering the Lord's body. We kindle God's wrath against him. We provoke him to plague us with diverse diseases and sundry kinds of death. Judge this for yourselves, brethren, that ye be not judged by the Lord. Repent you truly for your sins past. Have a lively and steadfast faith in Christ our Savior. Amend your lives and be in perfect charity with all men. So shall ye be meet partakers of those holy mysteries. And above all things, ye must give most humble and hearty thanks to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the redemption of the world by the death and passion of our Savior Christ, both God and man who did humble himself 
even to the death upon the cross for us miserable sinners, who lay in darkness and the shadow of death, that he might make us the children of God and exalt us to everlasting life. And in the end, that we should always remember the exceeding great love of our Master and only Savior, Jesus Christ, thus dying for us, and the innumerable benefits which by his precious blood shedding he hath obtained for us. He hath instituted and ordained holy mysteries as pledges of his love, and for a continual remembrance of his death to our great and endless comfort. To him, therefore, with the Father and the Holy Ghost, let us give, as we are most bound in, continual thanks, submitting ourselves wholly to his holy will and pleasure, and studying to serve him in true holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Amen. Ye who do truly and earnestly repent of your sins, and are loving charity with your neighbors, and intend to live a new life, following the commandments of God, and walking from henceforth in his holy ways, draw near with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and make your humble confession to Almighty God, meekly kneeling upon your knees. Almighty God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which we from time to time most grievously have committed by thought, word, and deed, against thy divine majesty, provoking most justly thy wrath and indignation against us, we do earnestly repent, and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us, the burden of them is intolerable. Have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us, most merciful Father, for thy Son, our Lord Jesus Christ's sake. Forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may ever hereafter serve and please thee in newness of life to the honor and glory of thy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of his great mercy hath promised forgiveness of sins to all those who with hearty repentance and true faith turn unto him, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you with all goodness, and bring you to everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear what comfortable words our Savior Christ hath unto all who truly turn to him. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden, and I will refresh you. So God loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, to the end that all that believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Here also in St. Paul said, This is a true saying, and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Here also in St. John said, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and he is the propitiation for our sins. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto you, Lord. Let us give thanks unto our Lord God. It is meet and right so to do. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father, 
almighty everlasting God. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of thy glory. Glory be to thee, O Lord most high. We do not presume to come to this thy table, O merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in thy manifold and great mercies. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but thou art the same Lord whose property is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of thy dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, who of thy tender mercy didst give thine only Son, Jesus Christ, to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption, who made there, by his one oblation of himself once offered, a full, perfect, and sufficient sacrifice oblation and satisfaction for the sins of the whole world, and it institute, and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death until his coming again. Hear us, O merciful Father, we most humbly beseech thee, and grant that we, receiving these thy creatures of bread and wine, according to thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ's holy institution, in remembrance of his death and passion, may be partakers of his most blessed body and blood, whom the same night that he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he brake it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of this, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as oft as ye shall drink it, in remembrance of me. Amen. Lord Jesus. 
Please join me in the Lord's Prayer on page 264. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord and Heavenly Father, we thy humble servants entirely desire thy fatherly goodness, mercifully to accept this our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, most humbly beseeching thee to grant that by the merits and death of thy Son, Jesus Christ, and through faith in his blood, we and all thy whole church may obtain remission of our sins and other benefits of his passion. And here we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and bodies, to be a reasonable, holy, and lively sacrifice unto thee, humbly beseeching thee that all we who are partakers of this holy communion may be fulfilled with thy grace and heavenly benediction. And although we are unworthy through our manifold sins to offer unto thee any sacrifice, yet we beseech thee to accept this our bounden duty and service, not weighing our merits but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, by whom and with whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, God will towards man. We praise thee, we bless thee, we worship thee, we glorify thee, we give thanks to thee for thy great glory. O Lord God, Heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the 
Christ, who with the Holy Ghost art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Please join me in hymn 234. Amen. 